Father God, help me not only hear your word today, but to fully understand what you are saying to me. I pray that I joyfully receive your word, refusing to allow any form of tribulation or persecution to cause it not to take root. I pray, O oh my Father, that no one or nothing will be successful in tempting or distracting me from bearing precious fruit. Father God, I pray that as I receive your word, it is so clear to me that I leave your house today producing what your word declares I should be producing in the name of Jesus, I pray. And the church said, Amen. Hallelujah to God for his mighty word. One of the most difficult things, you need to look, the most difficult things you will do as a believer, and especially as an end-time believer, is to wait on the Lord. You see, I don't have this scripture, but again, driving to the church early this morning, the Lord reminded me of a well-worn passage around here, and that is that there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end of that way is destruction. And... I told our early group today that God reminded me of Noah. You hear a lot about Noah when we talk about the rapture because the Lord Jesus himself compares the time and the day when the rapture would occur to the days of Noah. Most scholars believe that Noah spent about 120 years, believe it or not, building the ark. So that means that for about 120 years, Noah, from the time God told him there would be rain and there would be a flood, nobody knew what rain or flood was, that there would be rain and a flood, Noah, listen to me. I know I talk about people not believing, making fun of, ridiculing, all that, but check this out. There would be 120 years that would go by when Noah would have to wait on the first drop of rain, folks, that God said would happen. 120 years. I don't mean 18 minutes after you prayed or you read something or you were told something. I mean 120 real years, calendar years. And the Bible says in the 27th Psalm, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. It didn't say he'll give you good courage, did it? It said, wait on the Lord. Stop. And this is something that goes along with waiting. Be of good courage. And then he, I like it that God said, wait and be of good courage. And then he kicks in with strengthening your heart. Wait, two times, wait on the Lord. 
I want everybody to say that together. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. You see, waiting, the Bible teaches us over and over again, waiting always outweighs worry. Anybody did any worrying at all this week? It's safe to raise your hand. It is safe to put it back down. I'm going to tell you some things that waiting will do for you quickly, first of all. Waiting will always equal no shame. In the 25th Psalm, David says, surely, surely. That means absolutely no way any other results will be produced. Surely, none who wait for you will be put to shame. But those who are faithless without cause will be disgraced. So when you wait on the Lord, you won't get embarrassed. You won't be put to shame. You might feel like 120 years is expiring and no rain, no, no, no this, God, no that. But God's already put it in writing. You won't be put to shame. And he also said that when you wait in the 37th, Psalm, that it's like the act of God raising you. Because a lot of times when we feel like we're waiting, we feel like our lowest moments and points in life. And that's why I said, wait on the Lord or wait for the Lord, rather, and keep his way. Let's do that. Let's keep his way while I'm waiting. Just keep it under the microphone. Keep his way. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. And then he will raise you up. Here we go. There's a little process that God inserted in here. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. And then he will raise you up. And we heard this a lot at prayer this week. He will cause you when he raises you up to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you that wait, you that keep his word, you'll see the wicked expire and be cut off. Uh, but not only does waiting give you the great blessing of God raising you up, when you wait, it's almost... Now, you've got to hear me now. God's not dead. He's alive. He's not low. He's seated on high. But it's like you, you move God forward on his throne or you raise God up when, when you wait. God raises you up, but also when you wait, it's like you raise God up or cause him to incline forward. You know, when I used, used to bench press weights, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I heard one or two people kind of chuckle. I'm just going to go ahead and prophesy right now. Either you never have, or majority of you men in here used to lift weights. Amen, brother. Amen. So now I'm chuckling to you. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. But when I would lift weights sometimes, and I really have started back some about once every two or three weeks at the school. You know, that's real effective, by the way. When I would lift weights, 
there would be a pen on the bench that you could take out of the bench and you could incline it. You, you could raise it up so you could uh, work on a different part of your, your body. In fact, the, 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 uh, the concentration area would kind of be uh, in a place where you wouldn't get if, you, if you're just flat. The Bible says this right here. When you wait on the Lord, now the Lord's not laying down on a bench, a weight bench, but the Bible says he's seated on, in, in, in heaven. Hallelujah. He's on a throne. And when you incline him, you don't raise him up. But I like to look at it like this. When you wait on the Lord, it, it's like you cause the Lord to slide forward and take notice of the fact that you are, you are waiting on him. And that's why David said this or in, in chapter 40. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined. He inclined. He moved. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. All the man said to do was wait. All he did was wait. He didn't go out and kill uh, a bunch of Philistines. He didn't offer a thousand rams to the Lord. No burnout. He didn't go and pray or fast. The Bible says he just waited. And when he waited on God, instead of taking matters in his own hand, because there's plenty other examples in here when David didn't wait on the Lord. See, when you, when you don't wait on God, folks, and you think you, can, you, got, you got the cat by the tail, sorry for all the cat lovers, when you have the animal by the tail, um, you know, you might get it done, and it might seem to be effective, but there is no results like God's results, and I told you that a while ago. And David found that out. When he didn't wait on the Lord, he got very, very, very skewed results. But when he waited patiently on the Lord, man, all things work together for good. Paul would later talk about that. He waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined. He, when he just waited, he caused God to move up and hear what he was saying. Even if his mouth wasn't moving, God heard his heart. And the prophet Isaiah, now you, you are familiar with this scripture, but Isaiah said that when you wait on the Lord, there's actually four things that, that he wrote about in one passage that takes place. Listen to this. But they that wait on the Lord, here we go, shall, number one, renew their strength. It's like when you wait on the Lord and you don't get in a hurry, God ain't renewing your strength. It's like you are doing what the Bible says to do. Be still and know that he is God. So the Bible says when you've got that kind of spirit, when you've got that kind of attitude, it doesn't matter what you're able to pull off on your own. You just rather wait on the master of the sea. You just sit and wait. The Bible says, oh, I don't take that lightly. When you are waiting on me, well, I'm just going to let you find out that you've got a new batch of strength that's sitting there waiting on you. He said, wait on the Lord and he shall renew your strength. You shall renew your strength. They shall renew their strength. They shall, number two, mount up with wings as eagles. Now, I've heard that my whole life, 
And I've thought a lot about it, heard many messages preached about it, and this, this whole Bible verse has been a comfort to me. But you know one thing I like about the eagle? I hate to bring up that book that I, you know, still try to get victory over. Um, but anyway, there was a place in that book that, that I remember God gave me an, an illustration that just so blessed me that I, I, I wrote it down, and that was this. You know the difference between vultures and eagles? And I've told you this, so y'all just bear with me, the ones that you, that, oh, oh, here we go again. Okay, the difference between vultures and eagles, vultures are nasty creatures. They'll eat any old dead thing on the side of the road. They're, they're not picky at all. They, they don't have a standard whatsoever. It don't matter if it's a dead cow, a dead deer, or a dead cat, a dead bird, or another dead vulture. They'll eat that rotten mess. And you know what? For those of you that can't determine between, is that a wild turkey or is that a vulture? A turkey ain't going to eat nothing like that, okay? So that's just a quick hunting tip. But an eagle... An eagle don't have nothing to do with that because that's dead, that's rotten. Something so beautiful and graceful and so powerful don't want to consume something that's, that's dead and nasty and rotten. See, an eagle has a higher standard. And I wrote this, and I'm paraphrasing now. But what an eagle does, you've seen Discovery Channel history, an eagle will set up high, man, high on a tree somewhere on top of a mountain, and it'll see a big old salmon about 10 pounds or 8 pounds in a stream somewhere. And that eagle, it, it, it'll just kind of just leap off of that limb, and it'll just glide. It, it don't get in a hurry. It don't sweat. It, it doesn't flap his arm. It'll just kind of glide from thousands of feet from where it saw that fish, and it'll go down, and it'll grab that thing with a lot of times, just, just one claw. It, it, it'll grab it, and, and it's, I mean, it's fresh food, friend, and it'll go and it'll consume that. But the other thing that an eagle can do, it doesn't matter if there's a thousand vultures eating a thousand carcasses, if there's all kind of hunting going on because dove season's coming in or whatever, it doesn't matter because an eagle soars above all the chaos, all the rotten mess in the world. An eagle doesn't get upset about it. All it does is just glide around from limb to limb. And when you wait on the Lord, Isaiah said, number two, you'll mount up with wings like an eagle. You won't get depressed about a bill. You won't get upset about a doctor's report. You won't get upset if you lose your job or something weird goes wrong with your vehicle. Oh, here you do. You, you just wait on the Lord, and here you go. God's hooked you up again, flying the friendly skies in the spirit world. You're soaring above every bit of it. That's the kind of God you serve, by the way. I love him to death. I hope you do. But the Bible says the third thing that will happen, they shall run and not be weary. Now, I'm going to speak for me. I can probably speak for Angie and maybe a lot of other people that's been working the past two or three weeks. Y'all, plain and simple, we just didn't, we, we didn't do a lot of waiting. Oh, they've been some weary souls in the house this morning. Amen? Yes, sir. But I want to tell you this. 
when you let God handle your life, when you let God handle your worry, God will help you soar. But when it's time to run, God will help you run. And we're talking spiritually too here. God will help you to run and it won't wear you out. You know, I tell everybody two things that ought to happen. Now, I might get an amen on one of them. But I, I tell people all the time, everybody ought to have to serve and work and deal with the public one time in their life. Amen. I don't care what you do. If you've dealt with the public, you read right between them lines, didn't you? And I'm just going to say this in the book of 1st Opie chapter 8, verse 2. There's some jacked up people in this world. Amen? Yeah, there is. There's some messed up people. And, and you have to deal with people. But the Bible, you know, the Bible is so good because God can help us to run along. Well, the other thing, let me say, you, 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 everybody ought to have to pastor for a week or, or a month. Uh, a month will really make you research your life and all that. I, I, everybody just needs to do it one time, one time, just one time. Don't matter how big the church is, how small, everybody needs to pastor people one time. And when you wait on the Lord, all the running you do, and I, I, I'll admit, I'm trying not to get too lengthy here on this, this part right here, but when you wait on God, you see, uh, God helps you to be able to deal with people, helps you to be able to deal with things and issues that may be causing other people to drink or go crazy. When you wait on God... As you run day to day in life, he'll help you not be weary. But folks, it is a discipline like eating right, I said last week. Uh, also, it's a, it's, it's a discipline like reading your Bible, waiting on God. Because, see, we live in a drive-through culture. We want it now, and if we can't get it now, we're going to post it on Facebook, amen. We are. But the Bible says, no, nah, I don't work that way. Sometimes I do when I'm going to get more glory by doing it right now. But I got to work on you, and I've got to work on them or it. And so I've implanted the waiting not game in your life so that I can take care of you and I can possibly take care of them and it. The whole time when you're running, Back and forth, doing this. The Lord said, if you just wait on me, let me do it, I'll cause you to run and not be weary, and it won't wear you out. But there's a fourth thing Isaiah talked about, too. He says, you'll walk and you'll not faint just by waiting on the Lord. You see, when you walk and not faint, as you walk from day to day as your life, that's but, but a vapor, by the way. You walk day to day in the life you live. You know, you'll see all kinds of things that'll just kind of make you want to drop dead because it's just more than you can handle or more than you can bear. And, you know, running's one thing, but walking. And I want to say this, and I want to go on record saying, thank you, Holy Ghost, for what you just told me. Because in your Christian walk, there'll be days when you'll have to run. Because that's what God said needs to happen on Monday. You need to run. 
But in the name of Jesus Christ, there'll be a lot of other times when God said, uh-uh, don't run right now. You just need to walk. I know you want to run because you can go fix it. You know how to do it. You've already done it 18 times. You know how to take care of it, but I don't need you to run today. I need you to walk. Eric, song he sings in the garden, and he walks with me. And he say, and he runs with me. He walks with me, and he talks with me. I love this next part. And he tells me, see, if you're walking, walking with the Lord, you can hear what he's saying. He tells me that I'm his own. And then the next part is all about joy. So see, you don't need to worry about China or where the Speaker of the House does or does not visit. You do need to pray, like I said, but you need to learn how to run when it's time to run. And you know, there was a boy in the Bible. He was not even a grown man yet, but he had enough God in him and enough sense about him that he knew that when he could have got away with sleeping with his boss's wife, he said, I can't do that. And that wasn't the time to walk around and kind of think on that thing. Well, you know, there's nobody recording this on TikTok right now, and me and her can really do this. And she's the bomb, and she thinks, I'm the bomb. I can really pull this off without any problems at all. But the Bible says he didn't do that. It wasn't time to walk right then. It was time, the Bible said, he dropped his coat and ran. He got out of Dodge. And see, as a believer, when you wait on God, God knows when to quicken your spirit and tell you it's time to stop, be still and know, just walk. And then there's time, look, that's trouble right there, and you need to shun the very appearance of evil. God will tell you that, church. He's already told you that in his word. What do you do while you wait, though, Opie? Well, Psalm 130, we're in a lot of psalms here because it talks a lot about waiting. One thing you do, David said, I wait for the Lord, my soul does wait. And in his word do I put my hope. So you hope in his word. What does that look like? Well, I quote David all the time saying this. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Putting a lot of hope in what God has already said, that I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I belong to a God that's the first, and he's also the last. He's the middle in between. He said that he's coming back to get me one day. He's gone to prepare a place for me, that he loves me. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's what I do. I hope in that word right there, that he'll never, ever leave me and let me be put to shame. But also, when you wait on God, you just wait on God to save you in the situation you're in sometimes. And back when, I believe, Jacob in the 49th chapter of Genesis, Israel, Jacob, Israel, God changed his name. When he was there and he was telling all his sons what the future looked like for them, he just said these words right here. It, to, to God. He said, I await your salvation, O Lord. And you see, folks, I want you to hear that right there. That, that's an Old Testament, I mean, early Old Testament Genesis scripture. Because there's a lot of things that seem like 
they can save you right now. Maybe they can save your health. Maybe they can save your wallet. Maybe they can save your, uh, I don't know, your, your job or, 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 or save you um, if your house seems to be falling apart. You, you've got facial boards that need fixing and all those other kind of things. But l- let me tell you something. In 2022, there's only one, one, one God that can save. There's only one God of salvation, and he's the one you wait on. You don't wait on to see what the government's going to release next month as far as a check. You don't wait to see if you'll get a raise or you won't get a raise at work, if you're able to sell this or not sell this, if you're able to take enough pills or this or that. You wait on the God. Salvation means save. And I know we always associate that, and we're supposed to, with the old rugged cross. That's the most important form of salvation. But salvation means saving. And I know there's been some times... Many times in my life, I need God to save me out of a situation and not Opie. I need God to rescue me, throw me the lifeline, and not somebody I just think's really bright and smart or they've got a good thing going on. There is a God that's willing to save you from your sins, but there's still that same God that's willing to save you from your situation. You just got to learn to wait on him, church. You've got to. There's also, the Bible says this in Psalm 33 and 20. It says, our soul waited for the Lord, for he is our two things here. He is our help and our shield. I've been blessed so much by this one scripture at this whole message that I won't even be able to tell you how much God has blessed me, and I want to say it without crying. But I ain't going to pull it off. There's a lot of people in your life that love you and care about you. There's a lot of people that would give you the old saying, the shirt off their back. They'd do anything in the world for you. And I can go back for just a moment and tell you, but there comes some times. I believe in everybody's life. I know in mine, and I don't, I, I don't have a problem sharing it again because it's glory to God. But there come some times in my life, but in yours and people watching, that you will go through some things. You don't understand. I, I went this past this month. I don't know what God's doing here. I opened up about it at prayer this week. But in my own personal life, when I have fought a battle in my mind and in my head, and do you know, there's moments when medicine won't fix it. Just somebody that means well, that would give me the shirt off, they mean well, but you just can't get in there and fix that. But I'm glad to report to you today that there's a God you can wait on, that he will come and he will help you with things that nobody else can help you with. And the Bible says the second part of that, that it'll, it'll be a shield. That's what he said. He said, when you, 
Call on him through the act of waiting. He'll be your help, but he'll also be your shield. Like Noah again, people will not understand the course of action that we take a lot of times when we wait for God because the, the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, and they don't understand that God's ways are just simply put higher than man's ways. But when the people that know God decide to wait on God, he automatically has an obligation according to his word to help you but also be a shield to you while you wait. That's why a lot of Christians get hit all the time, and it seems to take them out of church. It takes them down. They can't pray consistently. They can't worship consistently. They can't serve or give consistently. It's because they're used to producing their own results, and, and the result of that is they're walking around every day unprotected because they don't have a shield about them. David said in Psalm 3:3, he's my glory my shield, and the lifter up of my head. See, when you wait on God, it ain't a bad thing. You're just raising a shield. You're raising a shield. God, that's what me and Larry was talking about a while ago. He's my shield. I said, Larry, thank you for Because I forgot a prop I was going to use today, and then God reminded me of my Bible. See, God is a help. A very present help, the Bible says, in my time of trouble. But he's also that shield. See, I know you might have the money in the bank to fix that, but what? That, there's something tugging on me that says, wait a minute. I don't want you to use that for that. I got somebody that's going to give that to you or somebody that's going to pay for that or somebody else that's going to produce that. And I hate to use money, but God's the God of money too. I'm just using that to get in your mind as quick as I can to let you know. That when you wait on God, God can help you in ways nobody else can. And God can shield you from the things that other people that's not willing to wait on God get hit by all the time. Because I will tell you this, Satan himself knows whether or not you're walking with a shield or, you're not, or you are. He knows that. And so, it, in closing, I want to tell you this. We talk so much about the Old Testament. I want to share one more scripture, but this is out of the New Testament. One of the greatest things that, well, I believe outside of the cross of Jesus Christ, the greatest thing that the early church experienced was the promise that God had gave them through the mouth of Jesus Christ when he said this. He said, you know, I'm going away. This was after he was crucified, buried. He rose again, and he walked for 40 days on the earth, showed himself many times. The Bible said at one time there was over, over 500 people in one setting that saw and witnessed that he indeed was alive. But right before all of that took place, Jesus said this. He said, I want you to go and I want you to tarry in the city. Go to Jerusalem and I want you to listen to this. I'm going to read a scripture to you. But I want you to wait on the promise. Say that with me. 
promise of the Father. Promise of the Father. So don't raise your hands. I don't want to take up time. But God's not a man that he should lie. So if God made a promise, if God promised the promise, the promise was coming. And I want everybody to listen to this because a lot of times we get into this production mode. We think that this hadn't happened because either we didn't fast enough, we didn't pray enough, and we all could do more of that. I get that. Or we didn't memorize enough Bible verses. But a lot of times it's that we overthink simple truths that God has told us about, folks. And he told these people, like I said about David earlier, he's, he told them, he said, go and tarry or wait until you are endued with power from on high. Let me read the scripture real quick to you out of Acts 1. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that he didn't suggest it. He commanded them, the Bible says, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the what, church? Promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard. Didn't tell them to build a fire. Didn't tell them to take up an offering. Didn't tell them to have a gospel singing. Didn't help, tell them to have vacation Bible school. Didn't tell them to go out and make a bunch of sacrifices. Didn't tell them to go rake people's leaves. He told them to go sit and wait. That's it. Sit and wait. That can't be holy. That, that can't be exciting. That, that can't be uh, crowd drawing. Nope. It wasn't none of those. It was just out of the mouths of the King of kings and Lord of lords, and that's what he said you need to do to get what my father said he's got waiting on you. And folks, I'm telling you in as plain terms as I can today, if we will just do the simple things God told us to do, like pray and love people and do this. Wait on God to do what needs to be done in our lives. After all, we now are his property. God will bring the promise to pass in your life. But you got to wait on him. When I was in prayer this past Thursday, you know, I think about the rapture every day. I pray about it every day because I know it's about to happen. No doubt in my mind, I know it's about to happen. That's why we've gone through several hundred of those missing people books. And when, when, when we were at prayer, just right down the road at Springfield Thursday morning, Pastor David he said this, and man, this thing, I, I know this, but it, it's like, that's why I got other people coming to preach. Y'all hear me, and then turn it off. So I'm going to get somebody else coming here and say, the same thing I've already told you, and you're going to run to aisles and win 4,000 people to Jesus in a week. No, seriously, listen. I did what God told me to do. But he said this at prayer Thursday, man, and I, I wrote it down. I mean, I got my phone out right then. I wasn't waiting until I got the car. I know how that squirrel works. And I wrote this down. And he said, you know, we have, we got four things that we, we forget about all the time. We got, it's like four layers of protection, four layers of love, 
four layers around us. He said, we've got God the Father. He said, we've got Jesus Christ, His Son. He said, we've got the Holy Spirit. We've got, He, he shall be, Jesus said, with you shall be in you. He said, but we also have the angels. And a lot of people get weird and freaked out about that when you don't, but said, no, the, the, the angels encampeth about those that love the Lord, that fear the Lord is what the Bible is saying. So when you are waiting on God, you don't need to worry about results. When you are waiting on God, you don't need to get anxious. When you are waiting on God, you need to realize that shield is about four layers deep, friend, and you in the middle of it. I want you to stand up, if you will, because the Bible says this. As you see that day approaching, assemble yourselves more and more. And Paul talked about so many other things to do as you see the day approaching. But Jesus said this. Jesus said this right here. He said, folks, he didn't say folks, I said folks. He said, one of the first signs that will be dominant and in plentiful supply right before the rapture, the very first thing Jesus said, when they said, Lord, Messiah, Master, Savior, Jesus, Rabbi, Teacher, when will all these things? He said, be not deceived. The world is stopping at nothing to deceive the people in masses and in droves. He's even used the, the, the church Satan has. And if you are not careful because of that drive-through mentality I talked about earlier, if you and I are not careful, folks, we will be deceived into thinking that, well, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's got to happen now. The deadline was a while ago. And see, you'll buy into that. And you need to walk in this Bible right here this week. You need to get, you need to get used to it. There, uh, I would ask you to sit back now, but I ain't going to do it. Stand up. Do you know do you know that I am married to the absolute cream of the crop in wives? And it's because I waited. Now, there was a few sister friends before that. <laughs> they didn't like me. We were just friends. I was good enough to go out to eat. I was good enough to, you know, go around out. But what God was doing all those times you know, I'd see all these people in these relationships, and I'd say, man, that'd be nice. 
I have somebody to do something like that with. Then I looked at what my options were around me. I said, man, I'm good. Uh, but seriously, I want to tell you this now. I just, and I'm not trying to do anything. I, I'm pointing to God, and I'm, I'm talking about waiting. I just waited on God. And you know what God did? He gave me a wife when I really wasn't in the market for one. I was in the market to get back to Montana as quick as I could. That was only 32 years ago. I ain't been back since. But my wife has literally saved my life on many occasions. Because there's been so many times when I was about to spell something wrong. And grandma, grammar girl, uh-uh, edit that, edit that. But there's been many days when nobody else would understand what was going on but the person that was walking through it with you. And my wife, you know, there's a reason God said a help mate. Amen, people that love your spouse? Amen. God gave me a wife because I waited. And I, Lord, please don't let this get the people that were in my life. That was probably women, girls, I could have asked, just kind of asked, and I might have been married to. Mm. But God had me in a waiting mode. And I'm telling you right now, I couldn't, I couldn't have picked her. I couldn't have. But I waited for God. Now, you want me to tell you something? Because all of y'all just think I want Angie to give me some sugar. Or ask me what I want to eat. But you know what? If I hadn't waited on God, I wouldn't be looking at you today. I might be looking at another church somewhere else. If I hadn't waited on God, you wouldn't be in my life. You wouldn't be my life. You wouldn't be my brothers and sisters that walk with me down this road that we're walking in. But see, when you wait on the Lord, the Lord has just the right group for you. The Lord has just the right spouse for you. The Lord has just the right answer for you. The Lord has just the right job for you. The Lord has... Just the right everything for you. Just the right for if you're in high school, he's got just the right friends for you. But you gotta wait on him. Don't do what's popular. Don't do what's high uh, in demand right now, and it seems to be working forever. Don't do that. It is a bluff that the enemy's thinking you will fall for, and he can keep you away from God's very best. Don't do it, church. Anybody, I want to pray for sinners in a minute, but right now, before we walk out of this building, anybody at all in here that needed to be reminded today through the Word of God, I just need to wait on this right here. Would you walk to this altar around here?
Everybody might be good, but there might be a couple people say, you know what, I don't know how you knew that, God. Well, he's God. That's how he knew it. But I just need to, I just need to wait on the Lord. I just need to wait. Wait, and I'm telling you right now, wait always outweighs worry. Father, we're coming together today because we all, like this week at Vacation Bible School on that last night, Lord, that fruit of the Spirit, patience. We need to learn, Lord, the beauty of waiting on you. And that's what we're doing right now. We're waiting on you to call us home. We're waiting on you to have that trumpet to sound so the dead in Christ will rise first and then those of us that are alive and remain will meet them together to meet you in the clouds. We're waiting, Lord. And we don't want to be misled. We don't, we don't want to be confused while we're waiting. We, we just choose to wait on you, God. And Lord, you've told us many passages this morning that reminds us of what you will do for us. I pray, God, people need peace right now at this altar. People need peace. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not even looking who's here, God, but you already know who's at this altar. And I know from personal experience that we need peace, unspeakable, and full of joy. Look, we need that peace that passes understanding while we wait because you know we're still in this flesh, Lord. And it's hard at times, but you've given us your word. You've given us a promise. Peter said the promise is to as many as as afar off, Lord. God, we bless you today. We bless you today. And I pray, Lord, that as we surrender to you right now. And folks, I'm just telling you, take a minute and say, God, I've been holding it, but I need to let go of it so that I can walk with that shield around me. You're my help. You're my exceeding great reward, Lord. You were my strong tower. You were my refuge. You're my, hallelujah, my shelter, Lord, in the storm. Father, you are my strong tower. When winds and waves, Lord, they don't, they don't work, Lord. When I'm in you when I'm with you, when I'm waiting on you. And you are my help. I pray, God, you would say, I pray over every sheep at this altar, people online, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would be with them while you work for them, Lord. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them, God. Lord, you don't, you don't withhold any good thing, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus you would do that, Father. Reveal yourself. I pray you would show yourself strong on behalf of these people, Lord. If we're waiting on test results, help us not to wait in worry, but to wait in word, wait in you, wait in promise. 
Hallelujah, God, if we're waiting on an answer, Lord, help us to wait in you, Lord. I pray, and Father, help us not to be weary in well-doing, but help us to know that when we, wait, when we wait, we'll run and not be weary, Lord. We'll walk. We won't faint. We'll mount up with wings as eagle, and our strength will just automatically be renewed when we wait. I feel like God's doing a work in a lot of people's lives this morning. You see, one of the things I like about prayer, there's usually, in a lot of people's terms, there's not a lot of fireworks going off. But you know, people don't come and just sit before the Lord. People don't just come and wait anymore. So that's why we have the type of environment we have when we have prayer. It forces the few, the eight that come to sit down and just be still and wait on God. And he'll speak. He speaks every time. So I know God's doing a work in this altar right now because what you did, you didn't come down here as a sign to me, but you came down to this altar together as a body, as a family, and just said, Lord, I need you, and I'm willing to wait for you. And you're going to do what you said you want because I'm your child. You need to tell him that in your own word. I'm your child, and I know you're going to finish what you started. And I'm willing to wait the process out. God will do it, folks. If you are not a believer and you're in this building, you can come down here and we'll pray with you together. But if you're online, I want you to know all you have to do, and you have to mean it from a heart that is broken and remorseful for living a life of sin. Jesus, I was born into sin, and you know that. I repent because I've built up wrath, Lord, against my own soul. And I ask today that you would cleanse me and wash me and make me whiter than snow. I denounce my way of thinking. I denounce my way of living. I am nothing, Lord, unless you Move inside of me and live through me. I need to be forgiven of my sins. I don't need to think with my head. I need to surrender with my heart and my arms and tell you I need a Savior. And you are the only Savior. You're the only way, the only truth, the only life. You are the door, Lord. And I give you my life along with my sins. And I'll serve you. And I'll walk the rest of my days in honor of your word. Hallelujah. And according to your will and not mine or the world's. If you pray that prayer before you can even get through with the last sentence, your name's already written in the Lamb's book of life. Your sins are already under the blood. You're already a joint heir with Christ, and you're a child of the Most High God, and you have heaven to look forward to for all eternity. Father, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer.